nicknamed this survival game where 100 players fight against each other in a player versus player combat to be the last one standing. That's right, it's Fortnite! Get it? <laughs> this is Kaylin Chenoweth with episode 14, also known as a Fortnite of starting sustainability. I have a really awesome episode for you guys today. I interviewed my niece, Emily Elming, who is a travel nurse, and she has a very unique perspective of traveling across the United States and getting to experience recycling, composting, and other sustainable initiatives that vary throughout the United States. Be sure to listen to the entire interview because at the tail end is a big announcement. All right, enjoy the interview. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this interview with Starting Sustainability. I have a guest on the phone. I've known this person since I was seven years old, and I grew up being her babysitter. She is incredibly supportive and full of life. She is known for her positivity and unending willingness to help. She is a registered nurse, which immediately shows her heart. And even better yet, she has found a way to combine her love of nursing with her passion for travel. Let me introduce to you my niece, Emily Elming. Hello, everyone. I'm Emily. Kaylin is my aunt, and I have looked up to her for a very, very long time, as long as I can remember. I was even her roommate for a little bit. That is very true. <laughs> so I have Emily on board today because I wanted, she's got a very unique traveling story especially when it comes to, this, the, to sustainable stuff. So I want Emily to go ahead and tell us, about, tell us about yourself as a travel nurse. Like, why did you start? How long have you been doing it? And where all have you traveled to? And then you can tell us later on, we'll get to all of this sustainable stuff that you've encountered as you've moved around the United States. Yeah. So I started traveling about a year and a half ago. I decided to go into travel nursing because when I first started as a nurse, I ended up going on a lot of vacations. I went to a cousin's graduation in North Carolina. I went to my aunt's wedding in Tennessee. I went on a vacation to Hawaii, all within the first year as a nurse. And I was like, why not get paid to travel and do this? Like, why not, why not get paid to stay in these places for longer than like a week at a time? So that's why I became a travel nurse. And I also wanted to really share myself and um, with others across the United States, not just in Indiana. So, um, in February 2018, I, started, I decided to jump on the um, travel wagon and become a travel nurse. I have traveled to New Hampshire was my first assignment, then Michigan, then Arizona, Washington, and now I just officially got to California. Woohoo! All over the place. Mm-hmm. Nice wide variety. Obviously, we're related, so we talk a lot, and that's why I wanted to interview you for the podcast, because Emily was sharing with me some of the differences amongst the states when it comes to sustainable actions, especially when you're moving around and some of the obstacles that she's encountered. Would you like to review some of the obstacles that you have faced when traveling? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do this by going through each state. Um, I think that's like the best way for me to explain like how things are different amongst states. So when I was in Boston, um, I was in New Hampshire, but about 30 minutes from Boston. So um, there I lived in a duplex and we had a recycling bin and a trash bin. They were both the very large trash bins that you rolled to the end of the driveway. 
And I recycled all the time because I, all I had to do was go down my stairs and put it in there. That was all I had to do. They, every, any type of recycling you could think of, you could put in there. And especially when we moved out, it made it really easy to clean up and everything because we had those two giant bins. So that was an easy way to say, uh, that was kind of like the start of my sustainable journey besides just like when I was living at home with my parents, they've always recycled growing up. So it was a nice way to continue that. In Michigan, um, we, I think you've talked about this before in your other previous podcasts, but there they have cans and bottles and things like that. Anything that's a can or a bottle, you take back to the store and they give you money back for it. So there, that was a great way to recycle. It's a very good incentive. You get money back. but what about the boxes and paper, um, cardboard, anything else that's not like those items? I didn't know what to do with them. So we, we made a huge box, all of this stuff. My roommate and I were like, oh, well, there's a recycling center I found on Google. So we drove, drove to it. It was only for metal. There was nowhere else in the city within like 30 to 40 miles that I could recycle anything besides the cans and the plastic bottles. Yeah. It made me very frustrated. I was like, what a fail. And then I felt so guilty throwing it in the trash bin. Even my roommate did too. He was like, this is like, this is a lot of cardboard. I'm like, I know, but we didn't know what else to do with it. So that was really hard. And then in Arizona, because of all of that, I couldn't really find anywhere to take anything to. So I just didn't recycle. And then my friend, um, my friend Kenzie, she uh, recycled all the time. And when she moved in like, across the hall from me, she was like, whatever you want, I will take the recycling bin. I think it was like 20, 30 minutes away from our house. She would take all of our recycling for us. So she kind of forced me to get back into it. I think kind of the frustrations with Michigan, they kind of, uh, and then when I got to Washington, um, they literally had, so we got like a trash bin that sat in front of our door. So I was on the third floor of an apartment building. And they had like a trash bin for just trash right, right outside of my door. And then we had two bags for recycling. So all I had to do was take a bag inside, fill it up, put it in, put it out. And then my recycle, they picked it up. It was awesome. Um, and then in Washington, I really noticed they were very um, strong with being sustainable. Anywhere I went, um, walking the streets, anywhere downtown Seattle, places like that, they had a compost bin, a recycling bin, and a trash bin on the streets, anywhere you went to. And almost everywhere I got food from, most of the items were compostable or recyclable, which was really awesome. And so I thought that was really, really great. And then here in California, I just moved into my place, so I don't know how the recycling works yet. But we did, driving around these past couple of days, I did notice there's tons of like recycling blue bins outside of people's houses. So there must be someone that picks up the recycling. And then also in this state, if you want like a plastic bag for your groceries, you have to pay 10 cents for it. So oh. <laughs> yes. So you have to use reusable bags unless you want to spend a lot more money on groceries. So that is bags are, mm -hmm, it forces you, but it's also helping the oceans because here it's, you know, California is surrounded by the ocean. So, and then anywhere I've gone so far, I mean, like I said, I've only been here for a couple of days. They've only had paper straws. They have not served. I have not had a plastic straw yet served anywhere to me and then they had wood silverware which I thought was so cool they had um they actually had forks spoons and knives they were all wooden um and I there was at two different restaurant places we went to that I got like to go food and the food containers that came in were compostable or recyclable so oh that was really awesome very cool I have a follow-up question so between Washington and California it has all the composting signs composting is 
it's relatively new when you compare it to recycling. Everybody knows about recycling. I remember in second grade learning about recycling. I do not know much about composting. So I'm wondering if out, out west, do they have signs letting you know like this is compostable and this is recyclable? Do they let you know what goes in each bin or how do you, how do you learn that as a new person going out there? They do on, so usually like with it, it says like recycle, I have like a can, a bottle, things like that. And then the compost full, it'll have like, you know, like apples, bananas, you know, fruit, vegetables. And then there's like a sign on the compostable items. And there's like, there's like a certain, I don't remember, it's like a certain like, um, you know, like what recycling has like the arrows in a, a triangle. The compost has something similar that like says it, or it says on it, like compostable. Okay. Oh, so the products would be labeled themselves. If yes. They'd be mm-hmm. And then you'd also Correct. If it's not time. food. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. I will tell you a funny story. In Washington, I went to a fair and we actually got a compostable like plastic bin and we decided that we should try composting in an apartment. Like this is perfect. Well, the problem is after listening to your podcast and researching, we had to find somewhere to bury it and we ended up having, it got moldy and it was just bad. And we ended up having to throw everything out because we definitely didn't do it right. But we did try the compost, but it's, you just can't do it in an apartment. There's just nowhere to bury it. So I'm still learning and trying to figure out what's going to work best for us. And I got to get the rest of my family on board. <laughs> yeah. So far, my strategy is to convince my husband that the compost will have worms. And so he will have mm. unlimited worms to go fishing with. Oh, yes. That is great. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it would. They would be very tasty for the, the fish. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, the more that you learn, well, I guess you're still in an apartment now, but I was like, if you learn more about composting, please share it with us either here on the podcast or on the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability. You can, I saw that you shared the picture of your wooden spoon and mm-hmm. other, some other things that you have encountered while traveling. So continue to do that. That way everybody else can still follow along with your adventure. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely do that. What are some sustainable practices that you could implement everywhere that you traveled? Because like we talked about the obstacles, but what were things mm-hmm. that you were successful in in all of your locations? So anywhere that I've lived so far, I use a Brita filter. So I, um, I know the filters are plastic, you know, but I still use those instead of using plastic water bottles or anything else. Um, that's what I drink daily. I use a hydro flask water bottle and I drink like three of those a day. Filled to the top, especially in Arizona because it's so dry. I was drinking water constantly. Um, I use reusable bags. I've been using those for a very long time. I started shopping at Aldi back in college and that's when I really got into it because you have to pay for bags and I didn't want to pay as a college student. So ever since then, I've kept them in my back of my car. And now that I'm in California, I'm forced to use them. So, which is even greater that everyone is. Uh, On top of that, um, the last two places I've lived, there's no air conditioning. So that to me is very sustainable, (laughs) saves a lot of energy, (laughs) not by choice. That's just what happened. Um, in, in Washington, they said they didn't need, um, air conditioning because it never got hot enough, which honestly it was hot for like one week. So it's really not that bad here in California. I'm shocked we don't have air conditioning. We're going to see how this goes. I've been here for three days now. So, um, but we also, I cook a lot of food. Um, I make pretty much any meal, almost every meal I cook myself. 
um, and then put in storage containers, freeze, uh, refrigerate, etc. And I use, I try to use as many glass containers as possible. We do have some plastic for like dips and stuff. Um, eventually I'll switch those to glass, but again, it is hard moving with glass because it's, I'm so nervous. Like I have broken a few things in the moves because we move every three months. So it does make it difficult, but I do use a lot of um, reuse those items. And I don't even have an issue with plastic containers as long as they're continually being used and not going into the landfill. Because I have a one-year-old, so I'm like, glass things are, we're not going to switch everything over to glass because it's just going to keep breaking. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> that's so don't feel guilty that you're using plastic. If you have it, just continue to use it and don't throw it away. That's the biggest thing. Right, right. That's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Was, it, was there other stuff? Um, I guess the only other big thing is, um, so my roommate and I, we try to work at the same places. There's a lot in Washington, we weren't able to, but all the other places we do, and we always try to, we always carpool together. And in some states, in Arizona and in Washington and in California, there's an HOV lane. So that is a great way to um, be sustainable because you're saving gas, not two cars, just one car going there. And you get to go in the fast lane. And when everyone's in traffic, you get to keep going at that like the um speed limit which is awesome so it's kind of a win-win perfect mm-hmm yeah so you'd mentioned going to work together so both Emily and her roommate does he go by Ty or Tyler either or oh, okay. <laughs> both. I heard you call them both and I was like I'm not sure how how to introduce them or, or how to, <laughs> what to call them but Emily and her roommate he's been with you pretty much all these locations yep everywhere but New Hampshire so mm-hmm Cool. Yep. And they, you're, you're nurses together at the same hospital. I'm glad that you guys carpool. That's awesome. What are some sustainable things that you have noticed at the hospitals? Because now you get a great viewpoint of healthcare all over the country. Is there a different right. hospital? Um, well, pretty, the first hospital I noticed an actual recycling bin at was in Washington. I have not worked here in California, so I can't say yet if there is one or not, but um, Washington was the first place I saw a recycling bin, and it was in our, like, the nurse's break room, so if I wanted to recycle something, I would just, if I, like, had a can, like, a pop or something, I would keep it, and then I would go walk it in and throw it in there, but that's the only, it was a very small recycling bin, but honestly, anywhere else, I can remember it was only trash, and we as nurses use so much trash. It like literally like makes me cringe. Like when I'm like cleaning something up, just starting a patient's IV, I waste so many items and you have to throw them all the way because you can't take them to the next room. You can't use them on the next patient. Every cup we give to a patient, almost they're all almost styrofoam, which makes me, ooh, makes my blood boil, but we have, we, they're all styrofoam. And then if they want another drink, guess what? I have to get a new cup because you can't take that cup out of the patient's room and use the same water um, dispensing system. So you have to get a fresh one every single time. I really try to, they have pitchers at some hospitals and I really try to use the pitcher. So that way the patient is just refilling their cup each time instead of having to give them fresh cups every single time. But um, it, we, yeah, that's definitely something I would really like to work on with hospitals. If I, when I decided to become a staff nurse again and not a travel nurse where I can really like try to make a difference in the hospital. That's definitely something I want to talk to them about. Yeah. Cause there are, I saw, I think it was on a BBC news clip about a hospital in Australia where they were 
reducing the amount of waste and turning a lot of the plastic tubing. And there were some things that had copper wires on the inside and they were able to recycle them and they were able to profit money from recycling efforts, which is great. So way to go, Australia and others in the world. Unfortunately, the U.S. is really slow to the game. Hopefully that would be something that we can look forward to later on down the road. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really awesome. I did hear that they can't even recycle cardboard in the United States from the hospitals because of risk of contamination. So I think they just, I was told they just burn them, but they can't even recycle cardboard, which we have a lot of items that come in cardboard with like tons of things inside of them. So. I was just told that from another nurse. I've never done research on it, but that's definitely something that I was just like, what? That's, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Were you able to start or implement any sustainable practices at any of the hospitals you were at? Some nurses I've seen, there's like, there's stethoscopes for patients who are like in an isolation room, for instance, and they'll just be used on that patient only and they stay in that patient's room you don't take them out or anything until that patient leaves then they're thrown away but I use my own stethoscope um when they're when I do have those patients I have to use those one-time stethoscopes but I have seen nurses who only use those throwaway disposable stethoscopes they don't buy their own they just get a new one every single time they come to work um which is fine but I don't think that's fine but that's what they do um I bring my own water bottle to work and then during my time in Washington, after listening to your podcast, trying to become a little bit more sustainable in my life, there was, every time I tried to fill up my water bottle, my water bottle was too big. So I was like, okay, I had to use a plastic um, cylinder to fill up my water bottle with. And I'm like, this is like defeating the purpose. Oh. And then I figured out I could undo the bottom part of the water container where you like would sit the cup to keep it stable. I could pull that out and then put my water bottle in. So then I could re- I could fill up my water bottle and not have to use plastic. So that was great. Smart. And I also, yes, yeah. And then I also bring my lunch. I work night shift. And honestly, a lot of hospitals don't have any, um, there's no cafeteria available at night. So I've just started, even the ones that do now, I just always just bring my lunch. And I think that's a great way to save money and to also be more sustainable. You're not throwing away as much trash, things like that, because I'm just using my reusable storage containers. Well, you'd already touched base on some things that you learned and implemented from my podcast. Was there anything else that you have learned from the podcast that you're able to implement into your life? Yes, I actually just got wooden toothbrushes like two weeks ago. And I really, I really like them. Um, I really like them. I feel like they're actually even more cleaner than my other ones because the plastic where like they had like the finger grooves and stuff, they would get gross, things like that. These ones, they just wipe right off. They're really nice and clean. I also decided to um, buy, I bought a glass straw um, from a farmer's market in Washington. I forget it a lot, but I did get like a case for it and stuff. So I've been trying to use it more, but I have also, if I don't have it, I usually just try to not use a straw at all. And sometimes it's been harder than others. I've gotten some drinks and they're a lot stronger on the bottom than they were on the top, but I try to mix some around just with my hand. Or if I have like um, a a fork or a spoon or something that I'm using, well, I'll just like lick it off and then I'll use that instead of a straw. I've also bought um, refillable, like so my soap containers are the foamy kind, but I just buy a giant, I just plastic, but I buy a giant one that I just refill them. So I don't have to keep buying new ones like that. And I also don't really go shopping as much just as a travel nurse. I have to, everything that I buy and own, I have to take with me. So I really don't 
go shopping for clothing items or anything new unless like I really need it. So that's definitely something I've kind of been working on as well. And then just really, I dug deeper into recycling. And um, like when we moved out of our apartment in Washington, I filled up two giant bags of recycling. Like they were overflowing and it was more than our trash amount. So that was great. I'm like, we, we cleaned out our fridge and like we rinsed everything out. Like it was a great feeling knowing that we were recycling all that stuff. And then any furniture, any items that we could give to Goodwill, we did. And some of the items we bought from Goodwill, and we just kind of returned them back to Goodwill. Um, so I felt that that was a great way. Circle and of then, <laughs> Yes. And then our beds, I ended up selling the mattresses. We sold them on Facebook Marketplace. So we made money back on those as well. So, and that way we weren't throwing them in the trash or something. So I felt like that was all really good things that we did after listening to your podcast. Perfect. I'm happy to mm -hmm. hear all that. That's wonderful. Yes. I have a, a fun question for you. Okay. What are some things that you've tried that would be considered a little crazy? And what was the result? I have tried all natural deodorant. I was very nervous at first, um, but I actually love it. <laughs> There's like all different, the place that I got it from is at Pike's Place Marketplace in Seattle. It's a, like the most well-known um, food market and but I got all natural deodorant there. It was the first time I tried it. They had, a, they had, I have the lavender. My roommate has like this, like a regular powdered one. It's only like four ingredients in it. And it's, it's lasted us for like five, four or five months now. So, and it's, we're not even like halfway gone. And then I also got one that's um, a coconut and lime. So I was like, I got to go buy another one before I leave. So I, so I have more to last me. And then I also tried the cup for the first time, the period cup. Sorry guys, if you're listening. Um, I did try that and it's been interesting. I've had some failures and some good times. I just learned I can't really sleep with it. So I'm gonna, I did find that Target, they have all natural cotton tampons that are supposed to be like, they're, they're good for the environment, good for everything. So I think the next time I need to use them, I'm gonna buy those and try those at night and just see how that works. I also would like to um, try, um, using bar soaps, but I'm trying to get through all my other stuff first. We're kind of down to almost everything from the move, but I think we do have a couple of things left. And then I want to try using like the bar shampoo conditioner, things like that. Yeah. So. Those I've, I've recently tried those and I love them, but when it comes to the hand soap, I really want antibacterial because my kid goes to daycare, which is a station yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. And I'm having a hard time finding antibacterial soap other than dial soap, but I want like hand soap that's antibacterial. I'm having a, that's in a bar form. I'm having a hard time. So I end up, we already have the little plastic pumps. Okay. We'll just mm -hmm. keep those. And then I just bought a gigantic big gallon size one that we're using to refill to at least minimize the waste. That's what, that's kind of what we do too. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen bar soap that's antibacterial now that you say that. Yeah. It's, I can only find. Even as a nurse, I don't remember. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. I have a follow-up question about the natural deodorant. So I've, I'm almost done with my regular secret deodorant and then I'm going to start searching for the natural kind, but I read some articles and they said the, because of the, the unnatural, it has aluminum and other stuff. So when you switch to natural, your body has to process getting all of that aluminum out. And they said it can mm -hmm. take up to eight weeks for the natural deodorant to start working because your body has to recalibrate. So you didn't have that experience? Um, so I will say now that you say that, the 
um, first couple weeks, like if I, I don't shower every single day. I just don't like, I just feel like it's too much. I shower like every other, every two days. By the second day, my, it, they started smelling way worse. Like I could smell myself compared to like when I would use the other deodorant, like I could smell it pretty bad. So that's like the only thing that I noticed the big difference. Um, my roommate doesn't really wear deodorant at all, but he actually wears this kind and he smells a lot better. I've never noticed it on him, but he wasn't wearing deodorant very much at all prior, but I didn't notice him at all compared to me. So I, I do agree. I think that's actually correct because I felt like I could, I smelled worse than he did and probably because I was still transitioning. So uh, that's a good point. Yeah. The, the deodorant that you got, is it in a zero waste container or is it in a plastic container? Or it's, a in, it's in a plastic container. I can get the brand here in just a second, but it is in a plastic container. I, is it refillable? Wait, um, I'm not sure. Is it's called, it's at www.sodawax.com is where you can, can get you it from. That? Soda. S-O-D-A and then W-A-X.com. Oh, okay. Yep. Huh. So it just says the ingredients are coconut oil, baking soda, beeswax, powdered sugar, tapioca flour, and essential oil. Huh. So... And his is, this is his, it's um, camphor, pine, amber, and ylang-ylang. I bet so, they smell really good. And it does say aluminum-free. Yeah, they all smell very good. And like I said, the first day or the first day is fine. The second day is fine. But if I go like, you know, on my third day, like when I need to shower, I can smell myself. But that's probably because I need to shower anyways. But that's when I really can start smelling myself, like noticing that it's the natural deodorant and not the regular. But my body could still be transitioning, honestly. Well, we're about 24 minutes, so we have about six minutes left. So I want to play a quick game with you because it's always okay. fun to play games. Okay. It's a little I bit of games. a riddle. So the, it's a four-part riddle. So the first one is, what is the act of putting your hands together and bowing your head and talking to God? What do you call that? Praying. Okay, so the word is pray. I'll give it to you. Okay. Pray. pray. The next one is, what do you call a breakfast protein from a chicken? Egg. Yes. Okay. Third one okay. is, Mary and Joseph couldn't stay at this place because it was full, so they had to go to this stable. There was no room at the... Inn. Perfect. And the last one, this is an insect that ruins picnics. Ant. Now say all four words together. Pray egg, pray egg in ant. Yep. Pregnant. Yes. Wait, wait. Yes. Are you? Yes. <laughs> no way. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? I am, yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy for you. I wish I could give you a hug through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I get another cousin. Yep, you sure do. <laughs> more like it's more like a nephew or niece, but I'll go yeah. with cousin. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why I've, I've been a little slacking on the podcast lately because I'm feeling pretty under the weather because that's just what happens in the first trimester. So hopefully going forward, they'll be a little bit better. But I wanted to announce it to the podcasting world. And I thought this would be a good way. <laughs> that yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. <laughs> the baby's due April 15th and we're not going to find out. We're going to keep it a surprise. To me, that nice. I love surprises, and there's no better surprise than that because nobody can spoil it. And yes, I that is very, very true. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, that makes me so happy. And that's around my birthday too, so even better. That's true. Very. Mm -hmm. <laughs> will be well. He or she will be earlier than me. I would hopefully. I don't think you want to have them that much later, but that's so exciting. Oh my gosh! Yay! <laughs> Well, we're, we're got to wrap it up now. We only have a couple minutes left. So I want to thank you for your time. I know you're very busy and you're still unpacking and getting settled into California life. So hopefully yes. in a couple of months, we can do a follow-up or maybe even a couple of weeks. I don't know, some point in time in the future, we can do a follow-up and we kind of get delve a little bit more into the hospital side. Cause I think a lot of people would be interested in that. And yeah, for sure. And join us. I think you would like that. Mm -hmm. so I really yeah. appreciate you doing the interview with me. Uh, are there any last words that you want to say to the audience before you go? Just keep living life to the fullest and enjoy every minute of it. Love it. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> and we're back. What a great interview. I want to thank Emily again for taking the time out of her day to share all of her experiences with the entire Starting Sustainability audience. If you want to reach out to Emily and ask any follow-up questions or just see what her travels are as she continues on her journey, you can reach her via Instagram, and that is at Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, the normal spelling of Emily, and her last name is Elming, like the tree, E-L-M-I-N-G, and it's all together, at Emily Elming, and you can find her on Instagram. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Starting Sustainability. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you next time.